Want to advertise your business in a cost-effective way? It's time to give podcast advertising a try. Research shows a high rate of podcast listeners made a purchase as a result of an ad they heard on a podcast. Visit podbean.com slash brands to launch a cost-effective podcast advertising campaign in minutes. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash brands. Welcome to Yolitics, the home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics. Hey guys, Jason Whiteley and Jason Wheeler here. We are in the middle of reopening Texas. So we already have restaurants open at 25% capacity. We have um, gyms reopening on Monday the 18th. Uh, Next week, Mm -hmm. we have office buildings opening on the 18th. So Jason, we're already seeing some of Texas kind of come back to life. But the question is, are people actually going back out to these restaurants and gyms etc just because they're open right because you know uh, one that you didn't mention that's open again now hair salons and i don't know if you've noticed my sweet fresh new cut here uh this was good. done at home it was done at home though uh because i wasn't ready what is that jason <laughs> it's a bowl but you do it sideways you don't don't <laughs> go straight across no, you know, I, so I, I needed a haircut, but I, I wasn't ready yet. I'm one of these people who's just not ready to, you know, be in those closer quarters again yet. And uh, apparently I'm not alone on this. You know, Mark Cuban, uh, he has a lot of fans out there. He has a lot of critics out there as well. Of course, he's the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. He's on Shark Tank and all these other things. Mark did this interesting thing where he hired this team of secret shoppers And they called around to a bunch of businesses that were able to open on that first weekend. And they also went to some of these businesses. And Jason, they found that the reopening rate in that first weekend was only 36% of businesses. And that the non-compliance rate with them actually, you know, adhering to the safety standards was in the 90%, uh, above 90%. So they're looking at this and seeing that you know a lot of businesses weren't comfortable especially right out of the gates opening up maybe because they didn't think they'd make a profit maybe they didn't think that you know the people would show up and a lot of people have been reluctant yeah so you know there are two reports that the state of texas has commissioned governor abbott's commissioned one with james huffines uh this is to reopen texas and lieutenant governor dan patrick commissioned one with uh brent ryan and he is a, a Dallas uh, tax consultant up here. But Brent Ryan had something interesting deep inside this 113-page report that I just happened to go through over the weekend because hey, you went through the whole anywhere, thing right? over the weekend. I went, I went through the whole thing, man. So don't judge Jeez. me. But <laughs> on page 68, I wrote down something because I wanted to bring it up in the podcast here. Uh, it was an economic recommendation and said, in order to encourage the public to shop, the state of Texas should declare a sales tax holiday for at least 30 days starting at some point in the month of may this will you know make sure that there's not a a rush if it's just a sales tax weekend like it normally is but a 30-day period now i haven't seen the governor lieutenant governor or or, you know speaker of the house or legislature could try to act on that but i think it's Mm. something that the government knows is needed in order to get people back out whether it's a salon which you need to go to or you know whatever else it is (laughs) 
That's really surprising, though, that he would propose that just because uh, the state has already missed out on hundreds of millions of dollars in sales tax revenue. And sales taxes, that is a huge chunk of money for the state of Texas. They rely on that uh, in a big part uh, for the budget. So that is a surprising proposal. I don't know. Would that extra eight and a quarter percent discount on everything entice people to head out? We see how crazy people get when they do that uh, sales tax holiday leading into the school year, though. Yeah, absolutely. And not only is it huge for the state budget, it's, it's huge for the, you know, it kind of flows through the state budget and goes to uh, local budgets. So cities like Houston and and Sugarland and Dallas and, and uh, San Antonio, Austin, you name it, they all rely on a big chunk of that change that is spent in their cities to come back to their cities. It has to mm-hmm. go to the state first. So they're not getting it. That's why we saw Houston is furloughing employees. City of Dallas is furloughing employees. It's a big problem. So, you know, politics has really shaped the public response to this over the past few weeks. Jason, there's another P word that I keep hearing, though. What's the don't other P word? Imagination, don't let your imagination go wild, but um, it's psychology and the P is silent. Uh, but there's this, <laughs> there's a psychology. Thank you for spelling that. I, I'm from Tennessee, man. It's okay. Um, <laughs> There's a psychology to getting people back out. So it's, it's, there's really a mindset to it. And when we're thinking about how to produce this podcast and what people are talking about, it is, do I want to go somewhere this summer? Do I feel comfortable now going back to the restaurant? I got a note from my gym today, Jason, saying the gym has reopened. Here's how we're going to do it. Again, it's a small gym, but I'm not sure if I want to go back just yet. I'm still paying dues because I want to support the gym owner. But I don't know if I want to be back in there yet. The psychology of all this is what companies are really going to have to focus on. Well, I think that's just sheer laziness with the gym thing in you. But uh, yeah, there is, is. All, obviously that psychology. You want to feel safe again. There is a very, there's a very real thing going on. There's a virus. It is an, ex- an existential threat. And so there is that part of it. But there is also the mind part of it of how much do I need to avoid at this point? We, we found a woman named Lee Richardson. She uh, works for, uh, she's a psychotherapist. She is in uh, Dallas, and she's written a book on some of this stuff about the psychology of and, and mindsets and things like that. So we thought we'd give her a call and, and try to pick her brain on what it's going to take to get people to go back out. And, and some of this conversation, I, I didn't expect her to say, and actually she pulled something out in the conversation, which if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see what she pulled out here, which is kind of interesting. It's going to be the thread for the whole rest of this podcast. I thought neither one of us would ever be picking the brain of a psychologist. <laughs> we probably should. Hey, Lee, uh, thanks for the time. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. So, so in order to reopen the economy and stores and restaurants and theaters and people flying on airplanes again, they have to feel comfortable about it. So there's a lot of psychology, not just politics, in reopening this. How can companies best convince their customers that it's safe to come back. I mean, I think it all has to start with, with within ourselves. I mean, every day we have positive events that happen, and we have negative events that happen, and we like research says that we have three times more positive than we do negative. But these days, people are not seeing the, the positive, and it is a choice on what you pay attention to. Uh, choosing to look for the positive. It's a different choice. And I think that when to feel safe, you have to be looking for the positive. And there are things that companies can do 
to entice us and make us feel welcome it, with offering discounts or, you know, there are things that they can do, but the people, each individual has got to be in the right headspace. They have to feel that they personally are safe. And if they're focused on all the negative in their life, they're not going to feel safe. That seems like it's tough to overcome in this time when when you feel like you are bombarded by some pretty uh, you know devastating figures and some de devastating headlines. Uh, how do you you know filter those things out and start to turn that corner? Well, I think you know some uh, one suggestion I use with with my clients is focus on positive words. Google positive words, and you'll come up with the best little dictionary from A to Z. You know, you've got to, you're right. It is work to put that more positive in. It is work. And another suggestion I have is to create a collage. And I used to do this with my kids. And think of everything that you like. What inspires you? What interests you? What intrigues you? And create your collage. And be prepared to, on some days to remove some pieces. It's just getting your focus on where you want to go and what do you want to bring into your life but if there's a virus out there and whether it gets you sick or may you know have worse circumstances than that i mean can i really tell myself you know positive words to to get beyond that well i think that there is a virus out there and there probably will be from this point on and pay attention to what is important I, I just reopened my business on Friday and I went through this whole thought process. Okay, do I have Clorox? Do I have disinfectants? Do I have masks? Do I have gloves? And I actually took myself through a checklist and I could check every box on that list. And when I did, I said, then you're good. You are truly good. Now, when I go down to a big event with 600 people at this point, no. But I, I can focus on what I'm in control of, and I'm in control of my environment, and I'm in control of what environment that I put myself into. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting when you talk about your checklist as you get ready to open your own business. How important is it for you to communicate that to the people who are stepping into your business or to let them just see that you've got these things laying around that have helped you to sanitize and disinfect the place? Uh, because, you know, we're starting to see this pop up in commercials and we're talking with you today about businesses trying to lure customers back once again. How important is it for them to communicate these things? I think it's very important. I think people have to know that you put a lot of thought into how you will reopen and how you will bring them back into your practice. And I've seen several companies sending out emails. I think it's, it's a more personal touch to call them and just say, I want you to know we have gone above and beyond the CDC rules and whether how small it is, it may not matter. I'm using essential oils. I'm diffusing them. That's a disinfectant. And some people are like, wow, I didn't think about that. So every little thing that we're doing, we're communicating. And I think it does put them at ease. That's a good point, too, about the, the personal communications, because like my gym is a small gym that I go to. My kids go to a karate studio. It's a small studio. And because I've gotten personal communications from both of the owners at the place, because they're small places, 
I felt that I should continue paying them while they were closed. Now they are trying to reopen like you are. But I'm curious, um, you mentioned you probably wouldn't go down to a big event if they were having a concert, let's say, down the street from your uh, your office. But besides reopening your, your practice there, Lee, what else have you done? Uh, what else have you told yourself it's okay to go do now? I've pretty much engaged in my normal life. Well, this weekend and last, we met friends for dinner. Um, we, and, and I felt very, the reason I felt very comfortable going to the establishment that I was going to. And I've been going to the grocery store. I am pretty much ready to do anything that keeps me in small groups and allows for social distancing. We've seen so, these studies that show that people are not ready uh, to get back out there yet, uh, that some businesses are not even opening back up yet because they may not know that they have the, the clientele at this point. And we've seen that, you know, people are saying as many as three to six months need to go by before they might feel comfortable. This is a pretty powerful existential threat, and it's amazing how much it changes our perceptions about the world around us in such a short period of time. Well, perception is reality, and I think that we all have to be comfortable. You know, we have to know ourselves. Um, do I, I've never gotten a flu shot. I don't get the flu. So that gives me a somewhat higher level of confidence, but then I have to look at my age. Am I more vulnerable? So I think that there are so many different factors, and it's got to be an individual decision. I think that businesses and companies can make it as inviting as possible and all the personal touch that they can show and the concern. And, you know, I got a message from, from one company that said, I understand you may be reluctant and that's okay. We will be here when you come back. So, Lee, you've never gotten a flu shot, and you haven't gotten the flu. You've been out to eat with friends. Do you play Powerball as well, or what? <laughs> no, maybe there's an idea. You should. Hey, but it sounds like it, it sounds like returning to, you know, what you may have had as a way of life. Returning is a mindset is what it really sounds like. It is. You know, and I thought about that. You know, my book, Turn Your Brain On to Get Your Game On. It's all about getting your head in the right spot. And when I ask myself, what am I willing to, to do? You ask me that. Well, would I be willing to go back to church? Well, yes, I would. But it's because I always sit on the very back row. It's just a two-cent seat bench where my husband and I sit. There's nobody, you know, really close around to us. So I think that we all have to stop and think about what's important. What is more important on an individual level? What do I need? And for me, being able to reach out and tap into that spiritual side would be important. How much do you think that some of these big companies right now are tapping into the minds of psychologists to sort of figure out what is it going to take to get uh, this person to come back now or in the very near future? How much are they tapping into that? That's a good question. My experience has been that businesses are more focused on tapping into the supply chain and being ready to open. I have a couple of friends that have uh, their own businesses and their, their major concern was being ready and being 100% confident that they had everything they could to offer their customer. Lee, in just a moment, we're talking to the um, uh, 
owner of a hotel and a, a tech person that's essentially created this robot that can go around and it will uh, you know, shine UV light and kill the coronavirus. Uh, that's one thing that, that even the governor's office is using down at the state capitol in Austin. Uh, hotels in Houston are using it. It's all over the place. But that seems like it, it's, it's one pretty interesting element that people could use, that businesses could use, to convince customers it's okay to come back. Well, I'm using it, and I have them. And I think that, again, it's just like, wow, everything that I've heard that could be done, you're doing it. And that's my goal, is to what, provide. What was that you just had? What was that you just it had? Was a, it was a UV light that I turn and, and on. What do you, yeah. So do you do you like put that around the you know door handles and your pillow and faucets and things like that or what? Well, I wipe everything down with Clorox wipes, and then because I'm a psychotherapist and a neurotherapist, I put caps on people's head, and of course those caps are washed after every body wears them but then I come back with my UV light and it's just a, it's just an additional layer they say the UV light kills bacteria we could use a couple of those caps right now probably huh Jason <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we want to do that today <laughs> she probably doesn't have that kind of time right Lee it's fascinating insight on what it's going to take to get people uh, back to kind of the, the way of life that they've always known. But I, I appreciate your insight, and that's that's pretty neat that you picked up a little uh, portable handheld UV light thing. Where did you get that, Amazon or what? Actually, I got this one. At, they're all over the place. I got one at Sharper Image. I've got a couple of them, to be honest. Um, mm. The one that I wanted to order was bigger, and it was sold out. So wherever I found one, I picked it up. Wow, awesome. Thanks for your time. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. All right, so that was Lee Richardson, and she says that returning is essentially a mindset. And what's fascinating is th this is what she does, and she has already, you know, staked out what she will and what she will not do. She will not go to a concert or a large gathering. She will go to church. She will have dinner with friends because she can control the environment, as she said. And, you know, I guess at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. You have to feel comfortable in your own skin doing what you want to do and thinking that, hey, I've done everything I can to protect myself. I'm either going to live, uh, you know, with everyone else or I'm going to live in my house and, you know, be a hermit until this is over. I fall well, somewhere in the yeah. middle of that spectrum. Yeah, and I think so many of us have spent so much time in the house, Jason, that we start, you know, kind of dreaming away and fantasizing about vacation. Maybe that summer vacation that's not going to happen anymore. I just uh, in in the process of canceling one that had been scheduled. Uh, but I still have that time off, you know, and you think I want to go somewhere. But it's like it feels like learning to walk all over again when you start thinking of all the logistics that might be involved in sleeping in a different bed and in a different room that you don't know. You know, you don't know who's been there or when they were there or were they sick, were they healthy. And so the hotel industry, the airline industry, uh, the, the uh, hospitality industry as a whole really suffering because of this right now, because a lot of people just don't feel comfortable about it. Will they feel comfortable by the time they get into the summer? I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, and so they're having to kind of pull out some extra stops here to try to see if they can lure people back in again. Yeah, you found a guy in Houston that owns a couple of hotels down there, and he has a robot that he has purchased. A robot. This is not a, a cheap robot that you, that you can, you know, 
make an investment in. This is a big chunk of change he spent on this, but he thinks it's going to pay off in the end. And it just might, uh, because uh, I, I would see that this could get into a lot of people's heads and they would think, wow, now this goes back to the psychologist we talked to. Wow, I wasn't expecting that. They just did something that went way above and beyond what I thought they'd be doing to clean this place. We gave him a call. And uh, we've got Archit Songvi. He is the VP of Operations with the Pearl Hospitality Group there uh, to talk to us more about what they're doing there uh, at the hotel. Thanks for being with us, Archit. It's my pleasure, gentlemen. Uh, it's nice uh, to meet you both uh, over the, the video conference this morning. Uh, so tell us a little bit about this. You guys have this, uh, you, you have your usual cleaning crews who are going through the hotel here. Uh, but in addition to that, you've got a, a robot on staff. Uh, talk a little bit about what it's doing and how it's doing it. Uh, sure. Um, so being in the, in the world's largest medical center, um, it was quite a, a, a uh, you know, interesting time early March when, uh, uh, COVID-19 uh, kind of came about, uh, you know, as kind of a, a, a threat to our to our existence and just overall how we go about our day-to-day -day life. And so we decided to uh, adopt a, a technology that's predominantly only used in hospitals. It's a UV light uh, germ zapping robot um, that's produced by actually a company from San Antonio called Xenex. It was actually discovered by uh, four scientists uh, that were in the medical center in Houston, actually. Um, <clears throat> and so it's currently used uh, in most hospitals, uh, you know, throughout the world, or a lot of hospitals throughout the world, rather, and in AMD Anderson here in Houston as well. And so we partnered with the company, acquired a couple of robots early in March, and incorporated that into our uh, disinfectant cleaning process above and beyond what we normally do as a hotel. And so, so it actually uses UV light to uh, kill viruses, bacteria, germs, uh, you know, on surfaces. Yeah, I was going to ask you, we're actually seeing this, this, uh, this video of what, it, what it's doing there. So this is in addition to other cleanings. You have your cleaning staff come in and clean it first, and then you zap everything with UV light afterwards, Archit? That is absolutely correct. So all of our public areas and guest rooms, they get cleaned normally with, uh, you know, a disinfectant spray. Uh, it's a, a peroxide-based disinfectant spray that kills all the viruses and bacteria. Uh, but in addition to that, after the normal cleaning is done, uh, we go through the room and use the UV light uh, with the robot technology to clean all the surfaces. So including the remote control and all of the guest room amenities, everything gets disinfected with the UV light robot prior to a guest arriving. So what kind of uh, what kind of reaction have you had from your guests? Um, they've been extremely pleased and quite surprised to see something like this in a hotel setting. Um, and, you know, when we explain to them uh, how it works and what we do, it's it's normally done, you know, prior to guests arriving and in all yeah. the public areas. So a restaurant, the cafe, the front desk area, we do it overnight, uh, you know, when there's not a guest in, in sight. Uh, and we have very minimal staff. We also use it for the back of the house areas too. So our, our, our employee break rooms, our offices, because uh, the most important thing is we want to make sure our employees also have a sense of safety as well so that they can serve our guests. 
Well, I guess at the end of the day, this is all about the bottom line and, that, and you know, making sure that you can continue to make money and keep those rooms filled. Has this impacted your occupancy rate? Because we're hearing about hotels all over the place that are down to 20, 25% occupancy. Have you noticed with this investment that yours has increased? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's, it's, it's increased. I think uh, we're in the medical center. So it's a very unique situation. Um, you know, our occupancies are still, I think, low, lower like they are in most parts of the, of the country and the world because uh, there's just no travel. But the travel that does happen in the medical center, which is patient, patient families that have to come to visit MD Anderson or Methodist Hospital for various treatments, um, you know, they will feel a sense of comfortability and they do feel a sense of comfortability that, wow, we're staying at a hotel, you know, that's taking an extra cautionary step to provide a sense of comfort, you know, when we do have to come and visit. So I think it's given more of a sense of comfort to the guests that have to come here versus just driving the, the, the occupancy. Archit, you know your guests, though, better than anybody. As word gets out about this and as people do start returning to travel, do you think that this is going to be uh, one of the items on their checklist that they might start looking for with businesses uh, to, to see that they're doing something like this? Absolutely. I think it will have a positive impact in uh, a guest choice, you know, staying at uh, our hotel versus, uh, you know, another hotel next door or down the street. Uh, this will be an important factor. How clean are the hotels, disinfectant protocols, you know, and having a, a technology that not only just cleans a surface, but it cleans, uh, you know, remote controls and, and, and different surfaces that maybe sometimes normal cleaning cannot always get to. Uh, it will sense a, it will add a sense of comfort and and uh, we do believe it will be an important factor in the choice that a guest makes before they choose a hotel to stay at. Archit, how well Archie, do you know what the difference is like between a typical, let's say, deep cleaning and what this is doing? Are you able to actually see a difference uh, from what this robot is able to do? Uh, have we been able to test that in any way? So, no, we have not tested the company Xenex uh, out of San Antonio. They have tested uh, hospitals and other rooms. For other coronaviruses like the uh, MERS, uh, SARS, Ebola, so it has been shown to kill those viruses, but not in particular COVID because it's so new, uh, and they have, the the company has not done tests on that as far as I know and as far as we know at this present time. Hmm. How much does this cost, Archit? Um, it is available to in the public. It's it's a hundred thousand dollars per uh, per robot unit, and then there's a bulb replacement cost and then labor associated with the use of it as well. Mm -hmm. At what point does it pay off uh, for you? Um, you know, we're, we're, it's just to be known, to be seen. We're, we're not quite sure yet. It's so new. Uh, you know, travel essentially has been shut down for some time now other than essential travel, uh, especially in the medical center. So we're not quite sure what it's going to be like over the next several months. I know that you've been getting a lot of media calls about this. I'm wondering if you've gotten calls from your colleagues in the industry who are wondering how this is working out and maybe how they can get their hands on one. Have you been fielding those sorts of calls? We have. We have. We have had a several management companies and hotels that have been interested. We've shared you know, what we do with it, how it's worked for us. And then uh, they have reached out to Xenex. Uh, I believe Xenex is having a tough time producing enough of them because uh, the demand has gone up for the use of these uh, in, in hospitals and medical facilities, professional buildings, and then now hotels as well. It, it's a real space age looking device here, but it sounds like from what you're saying, Arch, you guys got this early. How did you know in, in early to mid-March that we have to have this if we're going to get through uh, this pandemic financially? 
Um, you know, really, it was uh, because we're in the medical center, we, we knew that uh, this technology was being used at Amy Anderson, uh, just uh. through our, our, our contacts over there. And then we just decided to call the company and they had, have, have always had interest in wanting to go into hotels. Uh, but didn't quite pursue that. Uh, they're a pretty new company. They're focusing on hospitals at that time. Um, but then when this came about, we you know shared with them that we're in a unique situation. We're going to have a lot of medical patients uh, staying with us at the hotel. So this could be an added level of comfort that they can we can offer them when they stay at a hotel and then when they go to the medical facilities for their treatments. So they like that idea a lot. And so we took that on earlier on in March as an investment for the hotel. And, and just so people know, Archit, this isn't necessarily uh, robots replacing humans. You still have the usual uh, cleaning Absolutely. staffs going into the rooms here. How efficient is this thing? Um, well, it, it, when you say efficient in terms of it takes about eight to ten minutes per room. Hmm. Um, it's an additional level. So your normal cleaning gets done and then you have a dedicated trained staff that has been trained to use this particular robot. They walk uh, with the robot into the room. As you saw in the video, they'll set it up and then they'll leave the room and run a two minute cycle and they run two cycles per every guest room. Hmm. And this is a this is a heck of an investment for you, I guess, isn't it? Um, it definitely is an investment. Yeah. And we think this is going to help, help us help pay off in the long run. I wonder if, you know, if we see other uh, chains uh, start picking this up and, and regularly putting it into hotel rooms to clean them, if we might even see, and I hate to ask this, but something almost like a, a, an extra charge, like do you want the, the typically cleaned room or do you want to tack on, you know, 15 20 $25 and just make absolutely sure and have it totally disinfected? Is that something we might see down the line? Um, you know, we, we've made this our standard of care. Uh, for our hotel rooms, uh, so we don't we don't plan on on doing that. Uh, I don't I don't know if other hotels or other companies will look at it differently, but this really became just our standard of care. Hey, Archit, you guys obviously are a little different because you're right in the medical center there in Houston, the world's largest medical center, uh, with all the the hospitals around there. I'm curious though, when do you foresee demand returning? despite the, you know, the, the patients, families who are staying at your place, do you think this is going to happen in the next six months, year or what? Um, it's very, very tough question. We're looking to answer. If we're looking for answers to that question as well. Uh, but we're mm -hmm. definitely seeing since elective surgeries have opened back up here uh, in, in Houston and in the medical center, uh, we're definitely seeing an increase in occupancy uh, from a lot of patients, patient families are traveling here uh, for elective surgeries. So we're seeing that demand. Um, I think overall, the business of medicine is going to have to continue. So we see things coming and picking back up, you know, July, August, uh, definitely early in the fall. You and, all and are I've definitely been reading a lot insulated. That, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I, I've been reading a lot that, that I think I mentioned a moment ago that occupancy at a lot of hotels is 20, 25 percent. Is yours more than that? Um, it varies. It, it fluctuates. You know, some months it's been higher than that. Some months it's been around that range. So. Uh, very hard okay. to predict, but it's been in that range over the last couple of months, yeah. You guys are obviously insulated, uh, you know, from a lot of the loss of demand just because you do serve that hospital district there, which is crucial, and people still have to come to that. Uh, how much do you think that your customers are going to be asking about sanitation procedures? How focused uh, are people going to be on this? Have you all already been hearing that from people when they're checking in? Are they asking how the room is being cleaned and, and, and that sort of thing uh, more than they perhaps used to? Yeah, absolutely. I think when they make their reservations, they're asking about, you know, 
uh, is the hotel staff practicing social distancing? You know, are we wearing masks or or whatever's going on in the local markets? Uh, yes, definitely. Our guests are definitely more interested in how hotels are being cleaned uh, than maybe ever before. Um, and so our staff is really well trained. We inform our guests when they make the reservation, how our, our rooms are being cleaned and what it looks like when they arrive. Um, so, yeah, I think that is a definitely one of the more important things our guests are looking for now is I've a no clean hotel uh, more than ever before. I've noticed, too, that there's been some some talk about some guests not really even wanting the cleaning staff to come in if they're there for a multi-day stay. Have you guys been seeing th that sort of thing, too, where people are uh, bringing their own cans of Lysol, maybe, and they just don't want another human in their room while they're there? We have not we have not seen people bring their own kind of cleaning supplies in, but mm -hmm. we do you know provide Clorox wipes. We provide sanitizers throughout the hotel as well. Um, our guests can opt to choose their cleaning timelines, whether it's every day, every third day. So we do give those options. Um, our food and beverage offerings, you know, we have to go offerings. In-room dining is available 24 hours, but we're only offering in the two go containers uh, uh, yeah. options as well, or carry out options versus, you know, uh, a formal sit down option. So yeah, guests are choosing more and more of those types of offerings, but our, our, our housekeeping staff is available as frequently as the guests would like or as minimally as they would like as well. Wow. Uh, and as far as the robots go, do you guys uh, see possibly uh, down the road maybe adding to the fleet uh, for your other properties? Have you guys uh, been happy with it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've been very happy with it. I think as demand increases in other markets, uh, we would definitely consider it for sure. It's fascinating how technology is really playing a, a role in the response to the coronavirus now, too. Before we let you go, I want to ask you one other thing. It, it seems like that psychology for customers is going to be a, a big role in this, it's going to play a, a really big part. Um, is, is that something you said? Absolutely. Is that something that, that you guys recognize and realize? Is that part of this investment? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I think travel is going to have to resume. It's going to have to come back uh, as part of our, our kind of normal life and existence, uh, especially where we're located. Um, I think it's giving our guests and our clients a sense of comfort uh, when they arrive, you know, so from, you know, uh, cleaning the, the hotel more frequently than before, uh, uh, when they see that happening more frequently, I think that gives a sense of comfort when they see staff members practicing social distancing, using gloves, using masks, you know, uh, having sanitizer stations are available throughout the hotel. Uh, I think all of those things uh, do add to a sense of comfort. And I think it changes the psychology of when a guest arrives at the hotel. It is a whole new world uh, in, in what yeah. you all do, what yeah. you all do. All right, so one of those uh, situations where maybe we're not so sad that the robots are taking over, Jason. You know, I mean, this thing sounds like it's got some utility there to, to mop up the hotel room in a way that a, a person just can't. Yeah, you know, I'm not a Marriott member. I'm a Hilton member, you know, just, just to, to tell you, but I would really consider staying at the hotel if I knew that in addition to the cleaning procedures that uh, Archit already does there and has his staff do, that he's now rolling this robot into every room for a couple of minutes. That's pretty fascinating. That, that, would, that would give me a lot more confidence, I think, to go stay at his place. It is an extra layer. It does not come cheap, as you just heard him say there. It is quite an investment, but they are selling them like hotcakes at the San Antonio factory where these things are made. So we went right to the source to find out 
just how much, because you know we know that it's happening, but just how much is your phone ringing off the hook these days? All right, uh, so there is, you know, so many things. Uh, you know, they always say that uh, necessity is the mother of invention, Jason. Uh, and so, you know, there are a lot of companies that have been, you know, doing what they can to help us through this whole COVID-19 time. Uh, and it just so happens that there is a product that is uh, made in Texas. Uh, it's a San Antonio company. It's called Zenex. And uh, what they do is pretty extraordinary. They've actually been around for a good while, but mainly they've been supplying hospitals and now, of course, uh, that uh, business model is expanding because, Jason, everybody's looking to sanitize workplaces and places that people go. Yeah, and, and Mark Stibick is the founder. He's a chief scientific officer, and he's an epidemiologist. And right before we get going here, he mentioned that uh, we could use any of those titles, but he must have a hell of a business card uh, as well. Hey, Mark, how's it going, man? Excellent, excellent. Good to be here. Hey, so if uh, if people are going to feel comfortable about getting back out into society, going to hotels, getting on aircraft and places like this, that they've got to feel like it's safe to go there. The Zenix product, this, this piece of technology you have really ensures that. How did this thing come about? So about, about 10 years ago now, we started the company and basically the issue we were trying to address then was hospital-acquired infection. So person goes into the hospital with one condition and they get an infection while they're in the hospital. And that, and since then, over those 10 years, we're in about 600 hospitals um, worldwide now. Um, there's been 33 studies published about us. We're in the Mayo Clinic. We're at MD Anderson. We're at, you know, just all, all over the place. I said y'all are in North Texas, too, uh, with, with hospitals. Yes, in, North in Texas, North Texas. Yeah, uh, Texas Health Research, Resources, that, that whole group is, is a customer of ours. And we're deploying more and more robots every day um, up in the, the Dallas area as well. D does this kill the coronavirus? It does. And, and you know, so, so there's, we know how susceptible a virus will be, um, but we actually went to a, a Texas lab, Texas Biomedical Research Institute in San Antonio, where they had the coronavirus and we were able to test directly against it. And we found out that in two minutes at one meter away, we were killing more than 99.99% of the virus. And that paper just published today um, on, the, on the web. And wow. so uh, tell us a little bit about how this works, because these sorts of machines have been around for a long time, but this one's different. It uses a xenon bulb in it. Uh, how does it work? What is it doing? So what we're doing is we're taking a, a xenon bulb. So xenon is an inert gas. And we're, we're putting it into, we're putting electricity into that, into that and that produces a, a very bright light. And that bright light and fast light has a high energy. So we're familiar with UVA and UVB uh, from the sun. Well, this is UVC. This is even higher energy. And bacteria and viruses, they have no defenses against it. So by, by using xenon gas specifically, we're making a really intense light and we're covering all these different wavelengths within that UVC spectrum. And that's what gives us the kills. So it's fast and it's intense. And, and you guys are in hospitals, you, you uh, mentioned, but you're branching out too to hotels and you're even at the state capitol in Austin. Is that right? That's right. We're at the state capitol. So we're doing, you know, the offices that are still being used for meetings, you know, for the governor and, and his team. We're also at the emergency, um, the Texas emergency management um, offices because those people, they, they still have to come in and we want to make sure 
that they're not experiencing risk and they're fairly essential to the Texas response. Um, we're also seeing, you know, hotels, businesses, everyone's concerned about how do we reopen safely? How do we bring in new customers? How do we bring our employees back? Mm -hmm. I would imagine that you all uh, probably get calls from all over the world, don't you? I mean, governments, uh, government offices, uh, businesses, uh, ha has it just been, uh, have you been swamped lately? We have been completely swamped and, and we're very fortunate that we make the robots ourselves. And so we're able to expand that capacity. So we, we assemble them, we, we make them, we do all the QC, the quality control and shipping all in San Antonio. And that gives us this control over that, which is really important right now because supply chain is, is challenging and, and we're able to you know, step up and we're rapidly scaling for that demand. But we've sent robots to Japan, to Italy, just all, all over the world. See, I thought we imported robots from Japan. I didn't know we sent robots to Japan. So that's that's encouraging, especially from Texas. But for people who can't imagine what this is like, I mean, I think of a robot, I think of like of Tiki from Buck Rogers, you know. What, what does this physically look like? And you also mentioned, Mark, that you guys are overwhelmed. Are you all backordered on these uh, robots? So there is some backorder. We're, we're cleaning that up now as we get more parts in. So, there, But there is still a, a little bit of backorder. We're prioritizing healthcare um, and government agencies and things like that right now. But, as, you know, but we, we believe we're, we're ramping up that demand. And so as businesses, hotels, um, other venues start opening up, we'll be ready. Um, so, yeah. So you all saw this coming from pretty early on. Uh, I was talking with some, some people there at your company. You saw what was happening in December in China. You went, uh-oh, uh, this looks like it's something that could really spread around the world. And so in January of this year, before this really hit us here in the United States, you all were already adding lines, adding people, getting these things churned out because you knew what was coming. That's right. And we were and that's when we started with the lab testing, because we knew we, we wanted to test against the actual SARS-CoV-2 virus. So we, we got into the, the lab. We're the first ones with that data. So we could see it coming. We hoped we were wrong, but um, we wanted to be prepared. How important is Xenix and the robot and the technology to the psychology of reopening? I think, you know, reopening is about confidence and people need to feel confident when they're coming in. They need to be feel confident if they're flying, if they're going, even if they're going to get a hip replacement, you know, going to a, a doctor's office, a clinic, a dentist, all of that is, is confidence. I think that the danger is what we don't want to do is have um, disinfection for show or we call it disinfection theater techniques, materials, technology that don't actually increase safety, but, but kind of look and feel good. So we want to make sure, you know, as we launch protocols, as we move into different areas, we're going to do testing. We're going to evaluate that and make sure that we're actually delivering that safer environment. Mark, you're an epidemiologist and, and you've seen some of the products that have been coming out as we try to fly by the seat of our pants here and, and respond to COVID-19. Have you seen some things that have come along that look like they fall into that category of disinfection theater? Absolutely. And, and you see everything from, you know, you see pictures of, of in China and Italy, I, I pick, you know, pictures of them spraying the, the plaza with the disinfectant, you know, and, and things like that, which really, that's not going to reduce the risk for, for people very much. So that's kind of just for show. And, and we see a lot of that. You really have to think through the process of what's causing risk. What's causing the surfaces, in, in our case, in the environment to be a risk and how do we adjust for that? 
Mark, Mark, where else besides hospitals, the state capital, the emergency management office, and some hotels, where, where else are you guys uh, getting requests from? Um, so we're seeing you know, a lot of interest from the travel industry, from uh, metropolitan transit areas, from airlines, um, down to just ordinary workplaces that, that don't know how to open office buildings. And, and it's not only just opening, it's then what do you do, you know, so once they open, if, if a person does get diagnosed without, you know, if they test positive for COVID, what do you do then? How do you handle their workstation? How do you handle the areas they've gone? So it's a whole, it's different levels of protocols and different levels of, of extra, what we call enhanced disinfection that are going to be needed. I would imagine that the, the, the Xenex machine has to be uh, given a stamp of approval by somebody. What has that stamp of approval looked like? Uh, and, and, you know, how do you sell this to clients, basically, and, and assure them that what they're getting is going to do the job? And um, I know that this is not what this is for, but you guys actually did some stuff with 3M looking at how it can disinfect face masks. Yes, right. So the, the stamp of approval, really, in, in healthcare, we, we like to be evidence-based. So we're going to look at our studies and our research to show what actually happens. So these are studies that were published by top hospitals that show what happens, not only when you put Xenix in the environment, the reduction of infection or reduction of bacteria and viruses in the environment, but also what that means for the infection risk. So we want to see those reductions in infection rates. Um, in terms of masks, that, re- that came from our, our customers. So our customers, you know, we have 600 hospitals and they were facing those those terrible PPE shortages, and they just started developing ways of using the mask to dis, or using the robot to disinfect masks. So as that was happening, we went to 3M because we wanted to be really certain we weren't um, negatively affecting the function of that mask and making sure that mask would still protect even after it was exposed to our, our robots. And it turned out that that was true. And then when we did the testing at uh, Texas Biomed, we actually had SARS-CoV-2 virus placed on N95 mask material, and we wanted to make sure we were able to disinfect that, and we were able to get over 99.99% reduction. You talked about the uh, testing and the uh, paper that just came out, um, what, past 24 hours or so here. What else is included in the paper and the tests for people who haven't seen this? Sure. So, the, yeah, the paper just came out on, on a site called Med Archive. It's the preprint server. Um, what's included there is the actual lab data that we have. So that's looking at how we do at one minute, two minutes, five minutes on, on a non-porous material and how we do on the N95 mask material. Included in that paper is, a, a, I, I kind of think of them as an informal panel, a lot of really great leading infectious disease physicians and doctors and quality officers are from hospitals all across the country. And what they're doing in that paper is they're, they're commenting on what is the role of the environment for COVID and how could Xenix be used more to um, reduce the risk that the environment's causing. Hmm. Dr. Sivik, how does it get into nooks and crannies? Like if it's in a room, how does this thing, you know, kind of get into those little corners? Well, so partly it's the intensity of the light. So if you picture, you know, a, a, a a flashlight going out to a bright flashlight, you know, that bright flashlight's going to get into more nooks and crannies. And that's really what it is. There's just great intensity to the light. But the other thing is also understanding what's most important in a room. And what in hospitals, we focus on what we call the high touch surfaces. So these are surfaces, the doorknobs, the remote controls, the tray table that people are going to touch because that's where the risk comes from. You touch the surface and you touch your face. That's, that's how the virus gets in there. 
So we want to come up with the right balance between making sure we get all the high touch surfaces, get a high level of disinfection on those, and then be able to do that for a lot of areas. So we don't necessarily get every single nook and cranny. We're not going to get under the bed or behind the cabinet, but that those areas aren't causing risk. We want to make sure we hit the high risk areas, hit a lot of them and do that every single day. Yeah. How, uh, how long do you think this is going to uh, keep you guys busy? Pandemic, you know, has, has no end in sight. Another 18 months or so they're talking about minimum before these uh, uh, vaccines become available. Are, are you guys going to be backed up in swamp trying to manufacture these robots between now and then? Um, hopefully, I, I think we'll be able to meet the, the, the demand in just a few weeks. We'll be able to be sending out more and more robots. I, I think the, the need for enhanced infection control is going to continue for 18 months and beyond. And I'm hoping we've actually learned that this is really a valuable thing for society because not only does, it, does the robot help with the pandemic, but it helps with these antimicrobial resistant organisms, C. diff, MRSA, these cause more than 2 million infections a year in the country and cost $40 billion just from that. And now we're adding COVID on top of that. So I'm hoping we are able to just enhance structure throughout the country and throughout the world. Do you have any guesses right now as to how many of these units you all might sell before this is all said and done? Or can you tell us how many have sold to date? Um, I can say, you know, we're up more than six, seven hundred percent just from the, you know, the first quarter and April was even bigger than that. Um, I, I can't even guess how many will sell. We are, you know, hundreds a week. Uh, so that should be ramped up very soon. Jason, maybe it's only a matter of time before we have these in the house and rolling around uh, the office place, huh? I could see how it might, you know, put some people's minds at ease as everybody figures out how do we all get back together again and and yeah. still feel safe about doing so. Uh, I I should ask you this, uh, Dr. Stivic, uh, you know. I, Apple comes out with an iPhone. It's the greatest thing everybody thinks. But immediately, Apple goes to work on the next iPhone. Uh, do you guys are you guys working in a pipeline like that? Like, are you already working on the next generation or something even more uh, that that we don't know about yet? So yes, we're working on you know the the current robot. Um, how to basically right now we're focused on supply chain and how to build it faster and and, and quicker. Um, we're also looking at other products that will complement the robot. So we're not looking to necessarily replace the robot with the next robot, but we're looking to be able to expand where we can bring germicidal light disinfection. So the robot isn't the optimal solution because it can't go up the stairs, you know, there's just other, other limitations. So we're bringing hopefully various products for those situations. All right. So we just heard from the, uh, the company that makes this, we heard from a customer that uses this UV technology robot, and we heard from a psychotherapist. I'll tell you, at the end of the day, Jason, I, I had to cancel a, a pretty big trip for my kids that we were going to take, but they've got to get out of the house. I want to go somewhere. We've, we have been on every street in my neighborhood like a million times, every trail within a two-mile radius of my yes. house. We've walked all over the place. I got, I've got to get out of my neighborhood, and after... yes. Hearing this podcast, I do feel a little more comfortable, um, you know, taking a road trip somewhere in Texas, maybe running over to New Mexico if I, think, if, if I wanted to. 
I'm in the exact same boat as you where I had to cancel this trip uh, and and I'm looking for something else. And I think I know exactly what's going to happen here. We're both going to end up with our families at the West End and the Houston Medical Center uh, because you have that extra layer there. Uh, you know, I was stunned to hear the the guy with uh, Xenex saying that they're expecting to produce hundreds of these a week. And, you know, you think about the uh, the guy there at the hotel saying that this thing cost about 100000 bucks, and you just think, wow, that is some real money uh, that is getting thrown down now uh, for the sake of making sure that things are sanitized like they uh, need to be. But, you know, yeah. we're in a different time. Yeah, he's heard from office buildings, he says, managers of office buildings. He's heard from airlines. We should have asked him a little more about which airlines, maybe. Um, yeah. You know, the, the Capitol, the governor's office. Uh, he's heard from all types of companies that are using this. And in our first interview in the podcast, the psychotherapist, Lee Richardson, she has a little handheld wand. She's not buying the robot. She went to Sharper Image and got this little <laughs> handheld wand that she uses. I'll tell you this. When I get done with this podcast here, I'm going to get on Amazon and see if I can find one of those. And might pick up one or two. We should have asked the Xenex guy, though, if he considers those handheld wands to be part of that, what is it, disinfection theater, if that's not really, uh, you know, doing the trick, or if he or if he does think that it does the trick. Don't, don't ruin this for me, Jason. I'm going to buy one of these, okay? It's just like 15 <laughs> bucks, probably. I'm going to buy one. Well, you know, maybe, because they did say that gyms are interested in this, uh, this robot as well. Maybe your little gym will get that robot, and there won't be any excuses left for you to uh, continue putting off the workout now that they're about to reopen. Well, if that happens in uh, next episode, we'll take you to the gun show then. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I think it better be about four episodes from now. You're going to need a little ramp up again. <laughs> All right. Thanks for you listening, know, guys. <laughs> Go ahead, Wheeler. And, Go ahead. And keep whenever, digging it when, in, man. No, I'm not going to do that. I was just going to say, whenever you get comfortable to head back out again, I think is when it's going to be the right thing. And I think that a lot of people are still looking at these numbers that they're seeing and they're still looking at these curves. And, you know, it's going to be a very personal decision in a lot of cases. Uh, question is, are you forced back out before that? Does your employer go, we need you to get back to work? Uh, it's it's going to be an interesting time uh, as we go forward here. And uh, we're going to keep on looking for these interesting angles uh, to tell that story yeah absolutely if you guys do decide if there's some place that you want to go um or you have been and, and you felt comfortable about it uh, hit us on on twitter tell us where it was um our hashtag is yallitics y-a-l-l-i-t-i-c-s yallitics or tell us where it was or one and of these or tell us about the places where you went and it made you seriously uncomfortable. I just went to a, yeah. uh, one of these little uh, graduation parade things the other day. They had all the cars line up in a parking lot and they were going to go through the streets and people were going to be able to wave at the graduates and all of that. You should have seen the number of kids and parents and everybody getting out of the cars in the parking lot before it started and hugging and high-fiving and right up next to each other, almost no one wearing a mask. And I was like, I think this is defeating the purpose of why they made it a parade. But whatever. Wow. Let, us know what, let us know what you're seeing out there. You might need to self-quarantine for 14 days, man. That's insane. I didn't get out. I stayed in the car. Rolled your windows up and honked the horn, right? Sure did, and then drove home and got my homemade haircut. <laughs> It'll grow oh, out of it. You guys can't see this podcast <laughs> unless you go to our YouTube uh, YouTube page. <laughs> hey, guys, thanks for listening. We appreciate it, and we'll see you uh, next Tuesday for another uh, episode of Y'all Take care. <laughs>